welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Um, what's up, everyone? What's up, Janelle? What's up, John? Um, I'm going to jump into this so that we can uh, make the most of our time and then we can take it from there. I see you, Miss Henry. Uh, so this is... How do I want to? How do I even want to begin this? Um, is the question. I feel like I say the same thing every week, and that I do. But uh, I guess we'll just stick with that. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and what I do for a living is I teach ninth grade literature and the history of hip hop in West Philadelphia. My job here uh, with Robert with Reynolds is to create um, the hope, the dream is to create this space where teachers that are like us. And what I mean by that is just like, you know, the, the teachers that um, feel that this job is more than just a job. It's more than just a paycheck. It is some sort of calling. There is some teacher that you dreamed of being. And we all in that community meet here on Sunday nights, right? Not all of us. There are those others in the world that you um, we could probably direct here to, to have them be a part of the group as well. But like, we are a slowly growing movement of individuals that are just trying to do the best that they can that know that education is only ever about the students and that um, want to really like have some sort of impact on the world and, and work with communities and, and young people and help them to be all that they could be, even though that's an army term. Um, so to do that, we meet here every Sunday night at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, which I realize is not night, and it used to be at night, but then we changed it, so now it's more like Sunday afternoon teacher talk, but that doesn't really have the same amount of alliteration to it. So then um, we also have a Facebook group, Real Rapid Reynolds Teacher Talk. There's also a book, Teacher Class Off. There's always mentoring sessions. The book you can get right at teacherclassoff.com, or you can just go to Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Um, they, uh, we also do mentoring services and all kinds of other stuff. And so in this time, right before winter, like you're coming right off probably fall break, at least here in the U S. So you just had Thanksgiving break and you're going back tomorrow from, and now we have a few weeks until winter break really kicks in. Um, this is a tricky time of the year. It's like, what are we doing? Why did I get into this job? How do I finish this up strong? How do I survive until winter break? Um, and that's a lot of pressure for winter break all the time. So that's what we're gonna. That's what we're getting into here. Um, so as I'm waiting for my wife and for Edie to uh, get the questions all uploaded. Um, so if you have a question, here's the gig. Nothing's off the table. I'll talk about literally anything. So you just drop it in the chat, and um, Edie in Texas will beam it to my wife here in New Jersey, who will beam it to me, who's sitting right next to her, and that'll be that. And we have similar color shirts on today again. We do. We do this a lot. Because you're stealing my palette. My color palette is that I color. I can't really pull this color off very often like in the world. And gray. Gray and black, really. That's my color. In the winter, this color just makes me look like I have no shirt on. So <laughs> it's like, why is that man just wearing a collar? Because that's what his skin looks like in the winter. Um, so you can just put it in the chat with uh, your question with a Q or with the word question, and that'll be that. Um, so do I have a minute? You, well, I mean, there's two questions up if you want to start rolling. Oh, all right. All I didn't good. know if you were waiting for Edie or something well, like that. Well, I mean, I, yeah, because I always get it to her late, but she's good. Um, I was just going to say, I think it's worth mentioning for those, as I feel like someone out there might need to hear this. Um, teaching is an interesting job in that I don't know that you ever 100% get it down. And I talk about this in my book, and I've talked about it before. 
but I'm just, I'm feeling this, this last week or so that teaching, I, I think life in general, but I think teaching is a job in which you are always becoming, right? You're becoming a better version of yourself. You're becoming something for this year's students or this year's initiative or this year's, you know, problem that it's happening in school or new thing that's developing in, in the world of education. So like, you can't like, you could take a teacher from like, I don't know, that's been teaching for 50 years. And I don't know that they're always a great teacher for every year, right? Like, so, um, because things change, you know, technology develops, classroom sizes change, schools change, the vision of schools change, there's all these different things. And so, um, I am someone though that likes routine. I like to try to, uh, I, what I do is I kind of boil down my life to, uh, this sounds very thorough, but uh, I boil down my life to like the essentials. And then um, I try and go like, get heavy, deep and real on the essentials. And then um, that makes me feel like I'm getting somewhere. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm getting rid of all the, the kind of fluff and nonsense. But with school, um, I do that. And then sometimes school as in life, as in a lot of things in my life, um, I kind of get it to a point where it's like, all right, this is working real well. Like, like I have like, when we come in, we're doing this, I have these connections with these students and these connections with these staff members. And um, I like things are, it's a pretty well oiled machine by this time of the year. So I will say this right now, not everyone's passing my class, but my class is a well oiled machine. The way that I engage with parents, the way that I engage with students, the way that I'm doing my assessments, the way like, like even with all this virtual stuff, I found a rhythm and I, and the rhythm is, is moving. But any rhythm in life, right? If you're listening to a rhythm, gets boring after a while. Even my favorite drum beats, even my favorite like grooves of all time, I can't listen to them all the time. And so I'm feeling like I'm in this rhythm and it's moving and we're cruising and it's cool and, and we're chilling. But like, there, I, eventually what I do is on some level, I tear that whole thing down and I have to start again because I get really bored with it or I feel like my students are getting bored with it. So like, you can't figure out the perfect way to do a lesson and then just recycle that lesson every single time. You have to like keep trying to reinvent. You're always becoming. You're always becoming the next version of yourself as a teacher, as a parent, as a husband, as a friend. So yeah, just thinking about that uh, this week. What do you got? Sophie is asking, oh, sorry. Um, Sophie's asking, how would you connect with a class of students you only see one hour a week? I find it very difficult to really get to those students you don't see a lot. Um, I think that you bring up to them that point first and just say like, hey man, this is really difficult for me or it's really different this year that I only get to see you guys once a week. Um, and then kind of see where they're at with that too. I think it's just good. I think it's just good, just good practice to like touch base, um, share how you're feeling and share that that's even a thing in your life. Um, the, the other thing is to, I mean, maybe you could figure out a way to connect outside of class, whether that's with WhatsApp, whether that's with, um, you know, like if the parents and the students had a Facebook group or like, I, I don't know, there's, there could be some other way, or it's just with some of the stuff this year, I just think it's like, that's how it is. And so how are we going to make the best of this hour every week? And, um, in, instead of, instead of, lamenting the fact it's like, all right, let's make the best out of this hour. We get one hour a week. Um, that could be a good experiment. Um, I'm 
trying you're distracting me with this I'm sorry I'm moving the sink thing um the we have a new sink and it is sitting on the floor in front of us and is getting installed this week but now we have a lot of things just sitting around our house waiting to get installed this week but I'm and my dishwasher finally Tracy can you believe it I still don't have a dishwasher installed even though it's been sitting here it's just been sitting there in the kitchen looks like we have a dishwasher but it's not real um anyway so I other than that that's a tough one, Can you man. do, like, more personal stuff within your lessons to learn and to connect with your students? You could, like, but an hour, so I only see my students two, two, two times a week, um, and it is very limiting, but our school does stuff, like, we do Monday night football with the students, we do, like, meetings on Fridays every once in a while, we're, like, like once or twice a month with students to just kind of, like, connect, um, and it's all school kind of sanctioned, it's not just, like, me doing it, it's just another thing that I do, but, uh... You know, other than that, I just think, like, I, I just think it's just a hard time of the year. Um, and sometimes it's, like, sometimes it's, like, just noting that things are difficult and then um, kind of moving through this season of teaching, knowing that, like, this is really difficult and maybe there's not a whole lot I can do to improve upon it, but it is going to make going back to school it's going to make going into like like back to at, at some point to what we were doing previously that much better i think so that's that's kind of where i'm going with that one um that wasn't my best answer give no. me something i can give a good wow, answer to start off our show I know. Sophie, uh, no. okay. sorry <laughs> cheyenne let's see if we can do any better cheyenne is asking hello it's my first year teaching and i have one class that i can't seem to reach no matter how goofy or fun I make things. I get frustrated in this class, but that doesn't work either, of course. Any tips? All right, so this is a great question because this happens to everyone. For every time that you're like feeling on fire, you're ready, you have the lesson, you have the class, Ben, you gotta go away. You're gonna drive me insane. Um, the dog is, is going through something as well right now, and he is uh, gonna trip over cords and stuff. I know, so I'm sending him outside to go sit in the sunshine. He, like, won't chill at night. He just keeps making noise and scraping up clothes and scratching himself, and it's like, bro, we've done everything we can. Um, anyway, He's let's think about this. So I think when I get to that place with certain classes where I'm just pissed, right? Like, like I just, I feel like I do, I come up with these great lessons. My co-teachers and I over the years have, like, like we set things up we get things ready we're stoked to do it and then it just trash it's just trash like it just doesn't it's like sucks and i think it's about really what i try not to do is let students steal my joy um but in doing that i think what it, you're what you have to do is go on offense instead of defense right you're not batting cleanup now but instead you're saying listen gang we need to have a conversation today and this is not a conversation that's meant to condemn, but rather to challenge. Um, and I, I like that language right there too. Um, we're trying to clarify some things because here's what I feel like I'm trying to do in class. See if you can get down with this. See if you can even notice this. If you're even, maybe you're not noticing it, that I realize that school's boring most of the day. Like most of your classes are very boring. This is not a diss to anyone. This is not a diss, but it's a diss to school, right? Like uh, that school's just not really 
created with a way to keep students engaged most of the time. Like school as an institution is not created for that. Um, and so when you feel like that, uh, it's doing, when you note that with students and say, but I'm trying to do this, right? Like, like I can't just do anything I want. We can't go anywhere we want. We can't like, I can't drive you to the Grand Canyon or just go to the city all the time or like every day is a field trip or something. But like, can we just note that like, I'm trying to do this, but this is the resistance I'm being met with. And I think that sometimes that young people, I look, th there's two different ways. They're either doing stuff that they know is going to get under your skin and they know is going to be bothersome and that they, you, they know is like pushing buttons, right? Because you're a kid and that's what you want to do. You're trying to, oh, you're always trying to feel out what are the edges? Where, how far can I go? What can I get away with? What can I do? What am I allowed to say? Um, and I'll say this, that's like my 13 year old who's trying to figure out cursing, right? Like when can I curse? How much can I curse? What curses can I say? Can I say it outside in frustration when I'm playing a game with my friends? Can I say it in the house? Can I say it at the dinner table? And it's like, I don't really get mad at it because I figure out that I realize that he's trying to figure that out. The other thing is when kids don't know what they're doing, Oh, my bad. We talked about this last week. Like, oh, my bad, Reynolds. I didn't realize. Sorry. Yeah, yo, you know what? Like, I apologize. Because there have been times when I am doing something interesting with students and there's like one, two, or three kids that are just like completely off point. And then that leads everybody else to be off point. And then it's like, well, what are we doing this for anyway? So what I'll do is say, look, your whole goal is... Cheyenne, your goal is to help students learn, to help students win, not to entertain them. So and that's tricky too, right? Because I like the entertainment part, but it's what do the students need? So I will sometimes just say, all right, look, instead, we can just, if this is how you're best going to learn by like, here's the reading, here's the questions, here's the character chart, here's the worksheet, like whatever it is, and you're finding success with that, like I'm seeing actual growth in what you're doing that's what we can do. Like, like that's fine. Um, and then you find small ways to sprinkle the magic on that, but not every student not every class wants all that kind of craziness. Um, and that's something that I think teachers have to figure out, like what do students need? Um, is class going to look like the way you wanted it to? Because some years it just doesn't. So, and, and that's, that sucks. But like some years, all your crazy ideas are the greatest. Every student gets it. Every student wants to do it. And then you might have a class one year that they're just like, bro, what are you doing? Why are we doing this? Can you just give us the work? Like, can I just have the work? And it's like, oh, oh, with a smile? And they're like, no, nah, just the work. With, you want a sticker? Nope, just just give me work. On a colored piece of paper with a uh, cool illustration? Nope, just questions and, and I will answer them. It's like, oh, all right. Some people like chicken with no seasoning on the kids. That's the whole point here. They can just eat it. And not everybody likes hot sauce. It's like Birdie. Birdie likes no condiments. When he eats a burger, it's literally meat bread and bread. And meat. That's no cheese, it. no ketchup, no, no nothing. No hot peppers, no sweet peppers, no mayonnaise. He always tells waitresses and waiters, if well, when we used to go out to eat, he used to say like, nope, I'm just a simple kind of guy. Yeah. And I think some students are literally like that. Yep. And so I think you can just hand out those assignments with joy in your heart also and knowing that you're doing what kids need. 
Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of where I go with that sometimes. What do you got? Okay, Anna is asking, how do you feel about observations? What do you think they take into account? Ah, uh, uh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> it, it really, it depends on who's doing it, right? It depends on what their goal is. It depends on, is this, um, so I used to have this guy at my old school that would do observations. He would sit at the desk and he had like a checklist and all he did was check things. It was all already pre-created. Um, and there was little, if any, like actual review going on. It was like, does the teacher have student work on the walls? And this was the year that we made the, um, one of the years that we made Romeo, Romeo and Juliet in my room. So the whole <laughs> like, classroom um, yes. is like, there's like a, like a, balcony that we built there was a casket scene that we built um and i got marked off for not having student work on the walls because i didn't have like actual worksheets Stop on the wall it. with grades on it and i'm like i don't like that anyway i don't like putting kids work on the wall because a lot of my students struggle and i don't want them to think that they're less than because their work isn't right. on the freaking wall like let your grade be your your trophy um, uh, educational system but we built a room together <laughs> like and they were like nah i mean like work no, this, bro, this is work. Like, what are you talking about? Um, and so his observations always sucked. I just didn't even think twice about it. I just knew he was going to come in. He was going to see what he wanted to see. Um, I didn't try and, I, there were ways I could have tried to like get him to see certain stuff, but it was like, I just didn't care. So I just didn't, I just didn't, he was terrible. Um, when it came to my school in West Philadelphia, the first observation I ever had was by the principal of the school, which made me nervous and I went into it like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Like, I don't care what someone thinks. I don't care if they are going to get it. I don't care if this is going to, if this is going to check all their boxes. Uh, and he came in and he literally wrote like the, the, I think my review was like four pages long. I still have it somewhere upstairs, like four full typed pages of here's how Mr. Reynolds entered the classroom. These are all the things that he did today. This is, here's how he integrated technology. Here's how he taught to different uh, learning uh, styles. Here's how he, like, he made this joke to clarify this bit. And here's how he used jokes as a classroom management tool. And um, he, I mean, he noticed everything. Dr. Tennant noticed every single thing that I did. And I got it back. And so just the fact that he paid that much attention made me care what, his feedback was. So when he did give feedback, it was like, damn, like you really took the time. So I think that that's what it really comes down to. Um, if you don't have someone that does that for you in your school, now, this is a very nerve wracking thing, but I would say to ask someone you care about, someone you trust to observe you. Um, and it doesn't mean that someone observing you is saying whether or not you're doing the right or the wrong thing. Sometimes it's to just create a conversation. So like my friend Witter used to observe me um, just, he would just come in real briefly and then shoot me a text. And then I'd like to, instead of going back to him later, uh, cause Witter was always very blunt. Um, it was going back to him and saying like, Hey, Mr. Witter, um, I hear what you're saying about this. How would I implement that? Given this is, these are some of the things that you don't know about the class because you came in for 15 minutes. You don't really know everything. Um, how would you do this in a way when you have these particular students in your classroom, and I'm not really sure how to navigate that. So it's just kind of like gently pushing back, but asking clarifying questions. So even if you get a crappy review or the person that's doing your review sucks, it's like, 
asking those kind of clarifying questions and maybe they will want to have that conversation with you. Maybe they won't, but either way, I think that that's, that's the move. Okay. Um, hi, Finland. I just saw that pop up. Alex Q <laughs> from Finland. All right. Catherine is asking, we were just told that after Christmas we will be switching from, tra from traditional to strictly virtual to finish out the year. Any ideas on how to make the most out of the in-person time I have left? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think, hmm. I, so this is a, I've not had this question before which I like, but just give me one second. Cause I'm thinking if from the jump, like real quick, what I would do is one, I would start putting in place some of the things that you want to exist after you're completely virtual. So like if we're learning online, um, what, what are you going to be using? Are you using Schoology? Are you using Google classroom? Like something like that, making sure the kids are well versed in all the things there so they know how to find things on school and they know where the google classroom forms are they know how like you're going to organize it each day um coming up with some consistency as to like maybe some of the stuff you do in classroom in the classroom doesn't translate to what you're doing in um in the virtual world so like okay for the next few weeks here's how we're gonna do this because i want you to know how this is going to be when you move to virtual and then i think really trying to take time and create space for students to, for you to connect with students that you haven't really connected with yet. Like looking for kids that are flying under the radar and making sure that they are feeling cared for. Um, getting kids to talk about how they're thinking and feeling going into this next part of the virtual world. Like what are some things they really like about it? What are some things that they don't like about it? What are some things they're scared about? How do they think they might not succeed? And then trying to come up with, um, ideas as a staff to, to address a lot of those issues. So it's like, uh, I, and I would also do what I can. I try to do what I can to get kids excited about, is our dog moaning out back now? He's, He's really being so extra He's today. Like an extra um, come on, knucklehead. Come on, you nut. Um, <laughs> it's about trying to get kids excited it's for it. I just really think that like, um, what was the thing we heard this morning? How your words affect your life. So like if you're, there's well something, being. look, and, and without going into all this, there's something about, oh, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. This is going to suck. And then you find things that suck, man. Like, or this is going to be great. This is going to be great. I'm stoked about it. Or this is how we're going to do it. And then empowering people because they feel like if they can say that enough, that it's going to be great. Um, so it's about getting kids, I think, excited or happy or or feeling good about the move before they go into it. That's what I would do. Uh, da Vinci is yep. asking, <laughs> I am feeling so drained towards the end of this crazy term. If you are feeling the same, how are you dealing with this? So this, that's a great question. Um, I, so I feel like 2019 was such a wild, fun, full year for me. Um, where like, I read a lot of great books. I, did my running challenge where I ran every day for a year. I finished writing my book. My book um, was was published in 2019. Um, I did a lot of speaking. I made a lot of really great new friends. Um, it was just a year of challenges. It was like I started, upgraded, 
finished Upgrade Ed, started working with all these great businesses and stuff like that, like HMH and Adobe and College Board and Verizon. Like, all these opportunities were happening, but, like, then COVID hit, and I've been, I've been, hand, I think I've been handling COVID very well. Like, I, I, like, don't, like, for us as a family, like, it's actually been great on more levels, I think, than it has been. We not. operate really much. We're all homebodies. In a certain, we're not homebodies, but, like, we all enjoy being home, right? We don't yes, struggle for with it. amount of time. Um, <laughs> Me, Brody, and Marley all love being home all the time. <laughs> you and Brody, definitely, yes. Marley and I, I think, could live out of the back of a trailer for I the rest of our lives. True. I think it's true. It's true. So, anyway, what I'm getting at is, like, um, I think... Then, like, then when I finished my 403rd day of running, I didn't want to run anymore at all. I, like, didn't want to do a lot of stuff. Like, when my book came out, it was, like, so many things happened that I was just, like, exhausted, man. And so this year, what I've been really learning in the last few months, are you telling me to speed up? Uh, yeah, kind okay. of. There's a lot um, of questions today. Is, so I'll just get to this. The part of what I'm feeling is, like, a rest period um, is I'm really trying to do a Sabbath every Saturday. I'm really trying to like take little Sabbath moments during the day. Um, and that's difficult for me, but I'm trying to figure out what's next, right? Because I'm all, because I'm always becoming, look, here's, here's the bottom line. In any of these moments, whenever you're feeling burnt out, you're typically like a podcast away from feeling great again. You are the right book, the right movie, the right friend, the right hangout, the right workout, the right walk, the right thing that you hear, the right post. You are that away from really like getting getting your, getting your groove back again, Stella. Um, so I just think that that's kind of like, I am, I don't necessarily wait for that stuff, but I'm on the lookout for that stuff. And I just keep pushing and praying and looking and then when it shows up, it'll show up, and then I can go from there. So that's that's what I'm looking for. What you got? Amy Russell is asking, I have guilt for looking at another career path in mid-year. Uh, I didn't want to let the circumstances overwhelm me, but it's literally becoming unhealthy for me and my family. Stress, pace, etc. All right, so Amy Russell, the most important thing in the world is your family, right? Like nothing, like it is... Um, it is more important than your job. It's more important than uh, your friendships. Um, and so what I'm really thinking about is the idea that I, I was reading this book recently um, called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And one of the things in The Emotionally Healthy Reader is, leader, is, uh, is leading out of your marriage or leading out of your singleness. And what that means is that this connection right here is so important that it is only out of the over like the overflow of the love that my wife and I have for one another that my kids um I'm getting a ton of messages right now on where to go cut down Christmas trees which I really appreciate but they're completely distracting me <laughs> um it is that overflow that is going to bless my students, going to bless my kids, going to bless my neighborhood, going to bless the people that I work with on YouTube and beyond. It's going to bless um, anyone. And so you know this when you know that like when things are good, like when you like whether you're married or whether you guys are single, like if things are good with you and yourself, 
you and you're feeling feeling pretty good things are going pretty good like school's going pretty good like i feel pretty good like my relationships with my friends are pretty good when things are good with my wife or things are great with my wife school's great kids great relationships are great like challenges are great like it comes out of that overflow so i think that what i'm saying is if you're thinking about leaving your job you should do it if you think that's going to help you operate out of a better place i just think that that because i think people feel too bad they always feel bad about the kids and they're i get that right i do too like that is important but having someone around this is not and and i want you to hear this a very specific way amy because i've gotten to talk to you a little bit and i and i've seen you on here for years so I, i i have a sense of the kind of person that you are it is when you are no longer in the place you're supposed to be it's real hard to do the job that you feel like you were called to do and so um, I think there's something to pushing through difficult years, pushing through pain, pushing, sacrificing, like living with that uncomfortability. I think that there's a real value in that sometimes. But I think that the real question is like, is it okay to quit in the middle of the year? Yes. I just think, I just think that it is. I don't think you owe anybody anything. And that if your children and your family are, are less for, like are going to be blessed by that then do you think that that's all wouldn't you wouldn't you want someone to adjust their job so right like the expectations on teachers is overwhelming Uh, all right so we can kind of do what you do of like i just don't do it all let me tell you what i'm what i do i'm this how confident i am in what i do like i just i just but you do this every year i do even in school and that's what i do so let me say this um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this right on the internet. Because I just think that Amy we, Russell could be potentially like so overwhelmed. It's, it's cause of like, I mean, I have no idea. I don't know what her case is, but yep. I think COVID so, is. So, because, but even thing. if it's not Amy Russell, somebody else is going through this right now. There are so many unbelievable things being put on teachers right now that it's just not impossible to catch up. So every time a kid in my class misses my class, they just, they, uh, are absent. Um, I am supposed to email home to let them know. That is an insane amount of emails I would have to write every day. Every time someone does something they're not supposed to do. Every time someone, uh, like, like they're just like, they just don't respond, right? So like you're on a Zoom call and you're calling someone's name and calling someone's name and calling someone's name and they're not there. Um, You're supposed to put them in a waiting room and then you're supposed to contact someone at the school who's supposed to come and watch your class. And then you're supposed to step out and talk to that child who's not really there anyway. And then after that, you're supposed to put log it into... Power school, and then after that, you're supposed to call home to let them know that you logged into the class into power school and what the repercussions are going to be. Bro, I don't got time for all that stuff. Like, I'm trying to teach <laughs> and come up with lessons. Like, that's enough. Um, and keep up with special education paperwork, which is literally the only pa- paperwork I care about. Um, we are supposed to um, do lesson plans now. All of a sudden, after ten years of no lesson plans, we are supposed to do lesson plans. Here's what I got when I asked about lesson plans. Hey, uh, so we're supposed to do lesson plans now. Um, how come all of a sudden, since uh, it's been 10 years, we haven't done a lesson plan? Why are we, I'm just curious as to why we're moving towards this. Um, well, we need, because teachers need to be doing lesson plans. All right, so, but like, is there like a, did you read a study? Is there a new paper out? Like, what, like what's the rationale? Are we trying to develop some kind of curriculum or, or, or rabbit tra- Like, what's, what's the, the idea here? I mean, look, you guys are teachers. And teachers do lesson plans. You have to hand in lesson plans. All right. Um, yeah, but you're not really answering my question because, like, I'm just kind of wondering, like, why are we doing? Because you're a teacher, and teachers do lesson plans. 
You know what I don't do? Lesson plans. I haven't handed the lesson plans yet because I just am not going to do it because it's dumb. Because I know that they're not looking for anything. No one's going to read them. And when I hear through the grapevine things like they're not reading them, like I think principals have enough stuff going on. I just don't do stuff. Now, look, not everything I do, let me say this. Not everything I do do I say that other people should do. I don't think that everyone should do everything that I do because I think that sometimes you'll get in trouble. Sometimes your district won't like handle it. Sometimes the parents will get upset. Like, I don't know what your situation is, but I just know that sometimes when education is not being made about children, I just don't do the things that don't benefit children. I do my own lesson plans. I craft very, what I think are good lesson plans and and I come up with good lessons and I make time for children and I make sure they contact home when I feel like kids really need someone to contact home but because you know Tim said this in class and it hurt someone's feelings it's like I don't know that I gotta call everyone's parents right now I think I could just have a conversation with Tim show him what it's like to be a little bit more of an adult see the error in his ways help him correct it and then we move on with life I'm not I don't have to like document every single thing I'm not a cop so like, I just am not interested in those sorts of things um, that don't directly benefit children. And that's how I am, I am telling you, it is how I am not being destroyed by this year because I have just said, no, I'm not doing that. And I don't tell anyone either. So this is last thing. My <laughs> wife, if you get an email that says, everyone has to start doing lesson plans or do Monday. That's it. That's literally what we got. All lesson plans are due on Monday. Do we have an outline or anything like that? Like, like what do you want to see? Just lesson plans, no outline yet, just send them in. Bro, like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what do you want to see on it, man? So I just go, yeah, I'm just not doing it. My wife would send back a very strongly worded email that would make you Telling very- Telling you why it was yes. dumb that you were even asking yep. us to do Her that. inner Aaron Brockovich would come out <laughs> and she would just be like, make you go, uh, like, you're not sure how to respond. I just go, yeah, I'm just not going to do it. Because um, even writing the email takes too much of my time. It does. That is the truth. It really does. But that's it. Sorry, that was a long answer, but I feel like that was... It's multifaceted. Needed. I hope somebody needed to hear that. Okay, Classroom Confidential. Hey, Reynolds, do you think sixth grade is too young for the outsiders? Follow-up, how would you handle teaching a class novel with distance learning? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Can anyone else speak to that? Is the outsiders too young for sixth grade? I'm trying to remember what happened in sixth grade, and I don't think so. Like, when I think of, like, sixth graders are watching Marvel movies. They're watching a lot more things with violence in them. Um, and I think six... I think it'll get questioning, like, with parents at home. Like, if you ask those parents that question, they might have different... Yeah, but that's, like, look... <laughs> I know, teachers never ask parents. <laughs> let's say that. I think when we read books... You can't. There, I, there's a number of books right now that are being pushed out of classrooms, right? Like, I heard that, like... Um, I, and I'm not, I'm not against not teaching certain things at certain times. I'm not against teaching, like looking at something that's like overtly racist and saying like, no, we're not just getting taken out of the canon. But I think the conversation should be there. I think, I think just taking something away and kids are all of a sudden like, wait, where'd, uh, my, um, what was the one I just read about that California schools are taking out, uh, to kill a mockingbird. It's like, all right, you want to take Kill Mockingbird out? Okay. Um, can we have a conversation about it, though? Like, can we t teach the kids why we're, not, we're no longer doing this? Or can we speak back to the voices that are in the book? Just because the book says something doesn't mean it's truth, right? So, like, when we would read um, 
the when we would read of mice and men and there's like one black character that lives on the farm and he's treated a very certain way and they talk about him and it's like it's a really impactful scene um when the students see that like there's clear racism on the farm with regards to this gentleman it is we don't just like take it we go wait 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 we gotta break this down like what would, must this have been like for this guy? What would it have been like for the other people on the farm? What would this, let's speak about the times. Let's speak about how that speaks to what some things are happening today in, in culture. So you're using it almost as a mirror instead of like a direct d direction. Um, or people that don't read like Huckleberry Finn anymore. Um, I, I can see why, right? But I just think instead it is so much more important for us to engage with the things that we are afraid of instead of just getting rid of them. Get that out of here. Like it's like a rag on fire. Like it's like, just don't just throw it anywhere. It's really irresponsible. Like engage with it. Don't back down. Look it in its face and, and, and handle it. And so I think even with the outsiders, it's like looking at some of the things that come up in that book and then really having the conversations about it. Because when I think sixth grade, I think that that's, you know, I forget how old Ponyboy was in the book, but like that is an age now where you are starting to become your own. You're on the verge of like, how do I want to dress? What do I want to listen to? What, who are my friends? Peer pressure, um, doing the right thing. Uh, it's There's a lot of that involved in there. So I think it's like really looking at the lessons that are in there and then whether or not you feel like that they are the right thing to teach. I think... Um, if I was going to teach sixth grade, I would do um, close reading groups. I would have kids either. I would have some kids could opt out to just read on their own if they wanted to. If you knew they're really strong readers, then they're just going to rock that way and finish the book faster that way. Um, but I would do small groups, um, have them read together on Zoom or discuss together on Zoom. And then you are an active participant in those groups, helping those kids read, helping them understand, helping them move through. That's how we do it in class. And I, I just think that that's gonna be what works best on on all my platform as well. It's not the best, but it's like the best. It's the best thing I found. What you got? Okay, uh, we're gonna skip around a bit. Yo. Um, Summer Tate is asking, I received an angry email from a parent after sending an update on missing assignments. She is unconcerned. Uh, that her seventh grader has turned nothing in because the internet sometimes glitches. I'm feeling defeated and deflated. Not sure what I can do if the parent does not understand the value of education. I emailed her a friendly message back, but I feel I have lost her daughter. Any advice? Um, Tell the daughter why education is actually important. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's part of it. Uh, look, yeah, so I think two things here. One, um, one, it's letting kids know why you're doing what you're doing. Like, here's why I think this is important. Here's why, and, and look, maybe you've already done this, but like, just for everyone to know too, it's like really important for us to let students know, like, you know, why we're writing every day. So I, I'll ask questions often in class and the students will, uh, like, a, like a journal prompt that says like, tell about a time when you um, had to take a risk. And then I'll like, and it'll say like five to eight sentence minimum. Um, I get answers that are like, I don't know, or I never took a risk. Like, I don't, I don't care that you didn't take a risk. Like, just write something, bro. Like, make it up. I don't even know what, you, like, a story you could tell could be complete, a complete lie anyway. Um, 
and I, I break it down to them and say like, the act of writing every day is what we're going for. I do want you to connect your life to what we're reading because it's going to make it more meaningful. But if you don't have an answer for every question that I have, feel free to make it up. I don't even care if it's completely ridiculous. You could just be like, tell about a time when you snuck out of your house, you jumped on the back of a train, you went all the way out to Vegas uh, with your birthday money and um, got a fake ID and you like tried to win it all in Vegas. And then what happened after that? Like, I don't care. Like, but it is are you writing every day? Because reading and writing every day is like working out every day. It's building that muscle. It's building that stamina. It's building that grit. Um, because what a lot of my students really struggle with is the ability to have that sort of like educational... Ben, you're going to break me today. You're going to pull our whole I know. operation. It's okay, Ben. You can lay down now. He was trying to lay, and he was trying to lay on top of the cord. Woosah. <laughs> oh, um, so it's, it's trying to get kids to understand like why we're doing what we're doing. Um, the value in doing what we're doing. That's one. Two, look, I really, this is, this might not, not be a popular, um, uh, outlook, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Some people really struggle with, um, with school or, or with whatever they're doing. You can speak to their parents, you can speak to the student, you can give all that you can give, but at the end of the day, if they really, really, really don't wanna do it, your, what we hear, I heard this morning, your good intentions aren't gonna change your gratitude, or not your gratitude, your. Oh shoot, what was it? It was so good. Something to the effect of like, your love that you're showing to someone it, like whether it's in teaching them, trying to connect with their parent, trying to connect with them, trying to make the classes about them, trying to make uh, it in something that they're going to be interested in, it's not going to change their mind if they've already decided to go somewhere else. So it is letting students know, okay, look, here's where we stand. Um, I'm not going to keep pushing, but know that I'm right here. So when you're ready, I'm right there. Like I won't, like I'll keep giving you the the work. I'll keep asking you questions. I'll keep like trying to give you some level of, of, of attention, but I'm not going to break my back over this. Um, but know this, that I'm never going to give up on you, that I'm just right there. As soon as you decide that you want to like actually do work, that you want to like learn, that you figure out this is important or that you're going to fail for the year, whatever your motivation is, is, is up to you. But know that I'm right there when you're ready. And that's what I let kids know, because it's like not my job to always convince you because that, that has to be your own job for yourself. Like, are you being convinced? Um, but what I can do is show up and be ready, willing, and able in the same way that Planet Fitness waits for me. I pay them $10 a month. I never go there, but they're always ready and waiting. And whenever I get there, they got a treadmill for me. Unless it's January 2nd, and then I have to wait because there's too many people oh, on the shit. treadmills. Um, what you got? Uh, just a second. Alex Q is asking, our principal ignores widespread problems, um, behavioral fighting, lack of structure that only a complete overhaul could fix. Teachers have no energy left. What can I do to support my colleagues that feel like they are drowning? I teach, um, I teach grades below them, but know their students. We are in uh, elementary school. Cool. All right. So I would say I, I never, ever, ever used to think that leadership was that important until now. Leadership's the thing. Like leadership's the thing that makes your school work. And without good leadership, your school will suffer. 
Um, so what do you do when you just don't have good leadership, right? I've been in that position any number of times in my life in any number of things, not just, not just school, where there's been poor leadership in, in some organization that I've been a part of. The, the blessing is that I've seen what schools look like under the best <coughs> leadership. And it's like, oh, oh, that does make a difference. Um, I think it is connecting with teachers on, and that could be, look, it could be one, two, five, 10, 20 on the low kind of, and figuring out, look, we have to have a meeting. This is an incredibly difficult year and everyone feels like they're drowning. What are we going to do about this? And, and what you don't want to do is partner, try and partner with teachers that just want to complain. They just want to, you know, say like, well, it shouldn't be like this. This shouldn't be part of our job. We should be easier than this. He should, the, the principal should be doing this. Those things might all be true, but they don't get you anywhere, right? So it is, in, in my past, it's been like all the people that you've ever seen on my channel. It's like partnering with Cho where Cho and I, which even though Cho doesn't work at my school anymore, we're still doing this for certain students where we are trying to figure out ways for them to find success. So it's like partnering with people that are going to want to do the work and figure out, all right, these 50 kids this year are failing. What are we going to do about it? Um, and then come up with a plan. We're going to come up with a schedule. We're going to tutor them these days after school. We're going to have these incentives. We're going to allow this late work. We're going to, as a community, decide some things. And I'm telling you, Alex, that's really fun. I just think that it's fun. It's, it can be aggravating if you want it to be, to think that you have to do that stuff. But like when you start identifying students that need help, when you start identifying students whose parents need to be contacted, that need um, after school help, that need uh, like things that it's just not in their IEP, it's just not in the school's curriculum, it's just not ready. And then you as teachers go, now nah, we could figure that out. We could get that kid a Kindle. We could get him headphones. We could get, uh, I could spend a little bit of extra time on Wednesdays, like for 20 minutes after school, making sure he's organized, making sure that his backpack doesn't have things in it from sixth grade in it, even though he's in eighth grade. Like, I think that that is super fun. Um, but I, but, and, and it works. It's like, I don't need the city to plant gardens around. I'll plant, I'll go plant gardens. I do it at night. I go out places and I put flowers where there didn't used to be flowers. I don't need the city to go water it or do anything, right? Like you guys, you do you. Like clearly there's not an importance on this, but I, this is a way that I like to love my neighbors um, is by creating gardens around the neighborhood. And so like just doing stuff like that, it still works. There's still flowers now. Um, and I don't even give a crap who gets the credit for it, but it's just like, that's a fun way to get down and do it. Um, Wait, oh, the last John. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. What's up, Lamar? I just, my wife just saw your, your comment in there. I appreciate the love, bro. Uh, okay, next question. Um, Mr. James Pete. He, he's not here anymore. He left, but he left this question. Um, he said, when you hit the wall because of COVID and the holidays, what are some things you all do to really kick it into gear? I haven't hit the wall yet, but it's wearing me out. Uh, I think, look, I'll, I'll say this. That's a Rest. great question. I'd love to know what people's answer are for that because I just like to know. Um, Jim, I think it is, you know, I was just thinking about this this morning. When I, like Before I do the live feed, sometimes I just like will step away. I put on music and I just like kind of think 
and try and get myself in a space where I, I'm like ready to, to do the best that I can do for the same way that I do it in the beginning of the day so I can get ready for school. It's two things. One, all the things that I always do always work. Um, it's just when I stop doing them, it's a slippery slope. And then like, if I'm not getting up as early and really taking the time to pray, meditate and, and read something that's good. Um, when I'm not exercising, when I'm not eating right, when I'm not, um, when I'm drinking a little bit too much at night, when I, when there's too many days of too many people coming over or us doing something and there's too many drinks involved, right? Whatever it is, it's like, when I'm not spending the time with my kids, when I'm not getting enough sunshine, when I'm not spending enough time in my garden or in the wood shop, like, um, that always leads to my tank feeling a little bit empty. Doing all those things fills my tank up. Uh, it's just a matter of getting back in, in the routine of doing them again, um, which can feel hard, but it's, you know, if I'm honest with myself, it's just not. It's not hard to take a walk and go in the sunshine. It's just not hard to go in the nature for a little bit. It's just not hard to like um, eat well for the first half of my day or make sure that at least the first thing that I'm doing in the morning is eating this um, and then I can eat whatever I want afterwards. There is a rogue hair in my collar and it is making me crazy. Is it mine? Um, it's always you or Marley. <laughs> I can always tell when I pull it out. If it's blonde or brown, I know which one it is. Uh, so, but I also think that, look, another thing I've been thinking about, Jen, is that what got me here, all that got me here isn't going to get me to the next place. So how do I have to one-up my game so I can get to the next place? And that's what I'm really thinking about right now, too. Um, but I think a good starter is to clear your mind, to clear your heart, to clear, to clear some of that stuff up by, like, being a little bit more mindful of what I'm eating, what I'm drinking. Am I praying? Do I have some kind of vision? Am I reading good stuff? Am I putting good stuff in? Because then good stuff just comes out and then that builds momentum also. So John Lopez uh, said that he has been listening to music, taking walks, writing letters, and sending packages. They help to keep me feel human. Erica uh, He's a good dude, man. White Church said she works in some sort of craft uh, or craft with like music to change it up. And yeah. that like gives her peace. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Whatever it does is calming, you know? Yep. Okay, Chris Chong is asking, I have a class that won't even let me get a sentence in without some disruption. When I take kids aside to talk, the other kids go crazy. I can't even have a class discussion with them at this point, and I can barely talk to anyone in the class because it's so loud and we have masks on. Any advice? Oh, man, that mask thing is the worst. Um, I, I think, Chris... I've had a class like that before. So my first year teaching in West Philly, I taught a class of seniors and um, it was the worst class I've ever taught, right? It was just like, I just, I just, I couldn't figure it out, man. I just couldn't figure it out. And nobody would listen, not for five seconds. It was just like, oh, it was difficult. Um, I just made a class that I didn't have to speak in. So it was like, you come in every day, pre-class is on the board. Um, Cause it was the pre-classes on the board. Here's the work for the day. Here's the questions. I'm going to be over here working in this corner. If you want to do it with me, if you need help, I'm here. But like, you're all seniors. Y'all can do it. Like, go for it. Just get the work done. 
Um, and if you have a question, you got to come over to where I am and I'll help you out with anything that I can. That made the class a bit more self-directed. Like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and, I don't, I don't, I don't even know a good metaphor to, to kind of figure that out, but it's like sometimes, um, I think I don't even, so now here's what I'm going through right now in my head is I don't know that I would have done anything different now if I taught that class, right? I just think that sometimes you have the gravity to be able to, to sort of like get a certain class's attention. Um, like you are a band on stage that's just rocking. You're just crushing it and everyone loves you. I think that some other bands are like there for the ambiance and that's what it feels like to be a teacher sometimes. You're just on the stage and no one's paying attention to your band. And I think, all right, that's cool. Like, I'm just here to like, let me like, uh, I'll still create meaningful educational experiences, but for you all, if you're having a really hard time for whatever reason, right? There's probably deeper reasons that we could go into, but like to just kind of make the best of the year, I think it is trying to come up with meaningful content and then just having the students do it every day. And then, or I, I'll tell you what another friend of mine did. Instead of speaking and saying the pre-class in the beginning of class, uh, my friend Diawara does, he records it. So it's a five minute video, three to five minute video that gives you the instructions, tells you what we're doing and gives the pre-class for the, for the day. It only plays once. There is no pause, there is no replay. Um, all right, gang, here we go. I'm gonna play the video in three, two, one. That's what it looks like. You don't even have to use your face. You could just use like images of whatever the work is and you're talking over it. And while that's happening, he does all of his attendance and checks all of his homework in that five to eight minute period, three to five minute period. Um, well, it's directions for three to five and then they have to do whatever the assignment is. So he's like, I really built in like a buffer for myself. And I thought that's so brilliant because it really doesn't take long at night to just say some things and put some overlays over it. It'll take you 20 minutes. Um, use it for all your classes and then you don't have to, that's one less thing. So I think Chris, one of the things I'd be thinking about in this time is how can I teach without saying anything? Um, I will say that, what's that guy's name? Ron, who does that? He lives in Atlanta. Everybody loves him. He's Ron Clark. Ron Clark. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine went to his school and said that he doesn't talk when he teaches anymore. He just, cause, cause he doesn't want to have to win. On, on stuff like that. So kids have to pay attention to his moves, to his symbols and all, he does all this weird stuff, but which is kind of rad. But like, yeah, I just think that's it. Uh, not Ron Burgundy, good good guess. Um, <laughs> take the class. Uh, Go ahead. Who's the guy from Parks and Rec? That's who I was thinking, because you always talk about him. Ron Swanson? Yeah. <laughs> that's your first Don't half-ass anything. Okay, Four we only have a couple uh, questions. Got it. AB Go for is it. asking, hi, Mr. Reynolds, do you recommend teachers, how do you recommend teachers to deal with anxiety about the unfortunate reality of school shootings. Do you feel more safe working on Zoom? Um, I guess I, I didn't haven't really thought about that. Uh, I I just don't have a lot of anxiety around it. I try to be mindful of what's around me, and and I, you know, so that's a really great question. That's really interesting. I've been through a lot of shootings. There's never been a shooting in my school, but there have been shootings outside of my school. Like there's been shootings like right outside of the window where like we saw someone that got shot and they like died in front of our classroom window. Um, I've seen and heard shootings like down and around the street. I've had shootings happen where kids couldn't go home at the end of the day to the left of the school. They had to go to the right and then go all the way around. I've had times when I've had to like 
we heard something might go down. And so we've been asked to like, um, not, not in a dangerous way, but like the idea that there's like an adult present on a corner really like um, alleviates a lot of stuff. I've been in moments where I've chased kids that I knew were about to go get into some really gnarly stuff and guns were going to be involved and like faculty members and I have like run down the street to try and stop those kinds of things. Um, this isn't something I talk about a lot. Uh, but that being said, um, I always just try to be smart. I really love my students, but my kids only get one father. Um, so I try not to put myself in tricky situations. I try to make sure that my students know uh, how like to handle it. Like running down a street? <laughs> well, but even when I did that, that that's a good point. I <laughs> Even when I did that, like I remember Stu and I running down the street and I remember thinking, like, I had Brody and Marley and Stu has his son. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not just running down the street. I'm like, always mindful of like, all right, I could just duck behind this car. I could lay behind this van. I could like, yeah. you know, I'm not, so I'm not trying to like be, this isn't an action movie and I'm not even an action guy, right? Like I'm more of a smart ass. What am I going to do? Show up and use my words? Like <laughs> jokes? Don't worry guys. Um, but so I'm always trying to be smart about that, but it's just, you know, I just think, I think about the students. Like if they still have to show up to school, then I should still have to show up and teach. Um, and, just being mindful of like, if something did go down, would I have a plan? And so I don't have to think about it when it would happen. And I do, I always have a plan. I know, I, like I've thought about it many, many times in my head. I know exactly what I would do um, to ensure the safety of my students if something did go down. So I think that's what I'm thinking about. All right, Dale Classroom is asking, how, do you, how did you know that your school was the place for you to teach? Um, what were some of the qualities that you were looking for in your school? I teach high school science. That's a great question. Um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't think of it in terms of whether or not my school was a good fit for me. Um, but, but I, but I would, if I did that again, right? So, uh, I have always known that I was called to teach at a school where like, where they just needed good teachers. They needed good teachers that were gonna stay over and over and over again. I needed to teach somewhere where um, I was working with folks that were living on the margins. Um, the people that were kind of like often overlooked or, or forgotten. And that from the time I was very young is something that I've like worked with. Like, I mean, I live in a neighborhood where like me and eventually like us and two other families moved to a neighborhood that we felt could use good neighbors. That's a pretty rough place. Um, we now have like, you know, at our largest, I think we had like 50, almost 60 people that all lived in the same neighborhood um, for that reason. Like people came to do that. And we started community gardens and we started food pantries and we started um, coaching soccer teams and like, like getting involved in the community. Um, but that's what I felt called to do. I'll just say that like every time I've ever done something like that, um, where I'm kind of waiting on instructions, uh, like I feel like I'm in this season right now, I'm waiting on instructions, that when I knew it was time to get married, bam, knew it, knew it in a heart, in a second, I knew. I remember where I was sitting on the kitchen steps. I had a weird kitchen with steps in it. Uh, and I remember it just hit me. When I knew it was time to have kids, I just knew it right away. When I drove into the neighborhood that I live in, I remember driving down the street. I remember the intersection I was at just on the block from my house. I knew it immediately. I knew when I walked into my house, this was the house I was supposed to own. And I knew why. I knew when I 
went to my first school, even though that place was a total train wreck, um, I knew that I was supposed to teach there. I knew when I was in West Philly that I was supposed to be there. And so I just kind of always intuitively know, but I think going forward, it's a difference between like my wife and I talk about when we first got together, um, I didn't have like a list of like, I was 18. I didn't have like, well, let me ask you first of all, what are your relationships like with your parents? Um, how much debt do you have right now? Like I didn't think about things like that, right? We were just, I was like, I think you're kind of cute. Like we should just make out. And then that was it. That was like the criteria. Oh, you're kind of fun, rad. Um, you like the same music I do for the most part? Yes, cool. Um, but now I think if I was like, we always kind of laugh that like, if you were gonna get into a relationship again, right? Like if I, if you know, no, something No, CJ has this grand idea that he wants us to like both make profiles oh. on, <laughs> on a dating uh, like, are they wet? Dating apps? app, yeah. Dating Shows how app. we are totally dating ourselves right now. <laughs> and he wants to see if we will actually be matches for if each other. Compatible. He thinks this would be a fun Let's game. So I go, mm, no. Does the algorithm think we are a good match? I don't think so. Um, but the the idea there, though, is like, we also said, like, now if I was going to get together with someone, I 100% want to make sure that they had, like, some decent relationship, that they're, they've dealt with some of their issues, again. that they don't have $60,000 in debt, like, before I'm I even a healthy, relationship. emotional person. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? Like, you know, I, those are things that I would want to know. I think if I moved to another school, there would definitely be, it would be a both end. It would be like, do I feel called to be here? And do I feel like this is a good fit for me, knowing the kind of teacher that I am, the kind of things that I like to do? Because I have worked on my craft so much if i go to a school it's like nope we have completely scripted lesson plans and we're gonna you know whatever 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 it's like if this is like oh no i'm not i'm not doing all that um then i would know that that's not a good fit for me i think i would just go work for hamish brewer really mm -hmm. i would just be like bro hi <laughs> there don't do it don't do it you're terrible at it okay i need a job there mate Two more questions um, <laughs> until someone pops it up again. Uh, Daryl Shannon is asking, have you ever thought about going into the administrative part of education, principal, et cetera? If so, what would your school vision be? Um, I, that's a great question. I, I think, I don't know. I don't know that I would go into admin. I've been asked many, many times and I've been talked to about grooming to get into administration. I just think that administration is like vice principal just seems like you're just dealing with everyone else's problems, right? Um, and principles, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that that's something I feel called to do. Um, if my, if I was, so I do feel a call into some sort of leadership position going forward, but like, I'm still trying to figure that out too. Um, I think it would just be, look, I, I just think as a principal, if I was in charge of a school, I would want the students to know, I'd want their parents to know, and I want the teachers to know that this, we are here cause of kids. The end. The only way we can really serve children is by really caring for our teachers, right? We can care for our students, but if we're not caring for teachers, we're doing nothing. And I would just get rid of things. Like I would, I, I think I would make school so you could have as many days off as you wanted. There are no sick days. There are no personal days. If you need a personal day, we'll do it. If you need a sick day, we'll do it. If you start taking too many days off and you're not performing or your class isn't performing as well because you're just like, because we all know that there's going to be that one person that just chills too much, then we have that conversation. I would get rid of lesson plans. I think lesson plans are silly. I don't think I would do dress codes for teachers. Um, 
But I would definitely do, I would still do dress codes for students because I've seen what happens when you don't do that and things can get pretty crazy. Um, but like, I think teaching in a pair of jeans is the best. Like, you know, right now we have to wear like basically almost a suit to school every day. Um, I would let teachers do anything they wanted in their classrooms. I would let you, you could put every hole in your wall. You could put up anything you want. You could change anything, build a thing. I don't care about any of that stuff. As long as your school, your classroom looks like a kid's place want to be or a place kids want to be and it's not a fire hazard, awesome, go do it. Um, and if somebody had a problem with that, I would help figure out how to get around that situation. Like if they said, you can't do that, you can't build that, you can't have this, you can only have 20% of your, your walls covered by this, I would work with you to figure out ways around those situations. Um, I would let tr every trip fly. I'd let every... every change that teachers wanted to make to the curriculum be a real conversation not saying that every single one would happen um but like it would be a real conversation to figure out like well what do you want to do what do you want to read what do you think your kids want to do and i think i would try to create access to books so that students could access and have access to any book they wanted um ver like uh audio or an actual book um because i think the only way that we get kids to read is by giving them space and time to read and giving them things they actually want to read um and then i would work real hard on culture i think that teachers that want to show up to work that feel good about where they work that feel cared for that feel back that no matter what goes down someone has their back that there's it's fun it's an enjoyable place to go that you love the people you're with and it feels like a party every day bro come on man that's got to be the school that that, that's what I would try and do. So, Kristen, I, oh no, Kristen, Kristen is asking after <laughs> after months of hybrid teaching, I'm burned out. Any suggestions for engaging history units? Um, Kristen, I would ask students one what they think you should do. Like, be like, hey, uh, kind of getting bored. Um, any ideas on what we could do here? Uh, maybe you guys could teach something. Maybe uh, start thinking about how like. It's like if the end goal is to get kids to learn a certain amount of stuff, to read a certain amount of stuff, to write a certain amount of stuff, and to talk about a certain amount of stuff, to have critical discussions about things, it's like, why don't you guys just teach? Guys, I'm done. Let's have the next two weeks. Uh, I'm going to give you all the lessons, and you're going to teach them, and you can do anything you want. Um, so, I mean, look, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's not anything you want, but like, uh, push something like that, and then talking to your students about what do they think is interesting. Um, and then I think also Kristen is like, sometimes having a great class isn't because you figured out all of it. Sometimes having a great class is like, how can I make, how can I make the prep like, or the do now or the pre-class or whatever you want to call it, like more engaging or fun or just not be boring. How can I make, let's think of a way that like if we're reading this week or if we're taking notes, like, what's one silly thing I could do to brighten up this thing? Because sometimes, look, sometimes chopping wood's chopping wood, man. And sometimes school kind of feels like that. Sometimes, like, you don't just love every single thing that you're doing. But in that, how can we work together to... How, what's the spoonful of sugar that's going to make the medicine go down? Um, and, I, and I just think that that's, like... Like, if you hate reading and we have to read for 20 minutes, like every whatever how many days a week you're doing it um can i give you a book that you're really gonna like can i play some beats in the background that's gonna make the 
classroom a little bit more of a, of a vibe? Can we turn a, some of the lights down? Can we put a Glade plug in so it smells a little bit better in here? Like, can we create the vibe so it's not like you feel like you're sitting in a doctor's office reading some tired-ass old magazine or book that's been there for the last 50 years? It's like, no, let's, like, make this space rad. And then I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading. And then we're, I want to ask you about what you're reading. And I'll buy you any book that you want to have. And now maybe this gets a little bit better. So it's like changing some of that stuff up too, I think is just a, a fun idea. Thinking of little changes, I think is the move all the time for everything. Uh, is that it for now? Oh, there's more, but there's always more. Um, I know, I know. Um, I'm trying to like really be mindful of this Sunday too, though, because it's the Sunday before we go back. Um, and it's Christmas time. So here in the and Reynolds household, James Pete would know with all, with all the things it's overwhelming. Yeah. So gang, look, as you're going into these last couple of weeks of school, I would just say this, a couple of things. One, be mindful as the holidays get closer that students, not, this isn't a happy time for everyone. Um, so being mindful and being on the lookout for kids that like, don't want to be home. Like the idea of being home for two weeks is, is nightmare to them that they don't want their families or their houses or, or they're just tired of being stuck inside or they know, you know, if everyone's getting presents, they know they're not getting presents. That's really tough too. So looking out and being mindful of those kids. And then this is a great, great place to experiment. So back to, to Kristen's idea, it's like right before winter break, they have, you have two weeks off to recover from your, from something going wrong, or you have two weeks off to think of like, Oh, that was, that worked out really great. What can we do more with that? So just trying anything, something crazy gang students today, wrong. This is going to be weird, right? This is not what we usually do. This is a little bit of a weird idea. We're going to do it anyway, because I think it could be as a possibility to be awesome. And then just trying it is a really great way to go into the winter break as well. Um, that's it for this week, gang. We will be back next weekend, uh, 1 p.m. on Sunday, Eastern Standard Time. Um, and that's it. I hope you have a really lovely week. And thank you to all of you for always being here. Peace.